Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends. Uh, my name's Pete Allison, this is Dave Craig. Ahoy, hoy, Peter. Are we well? Yes, thank you. Uh, we actually recorded an episode yesterday, didn't we? Which is um, well. quite close for us to be recording. So, uh, yes, I'm absolutely fine as well as I was yesterday. Yeah, I imagine very little's happened to you since we last recorded. But a week in our listeners' lives, Peter, is a long time. Much That's might true. have happened. That's Governments true. probably have fallen. Countries have oh, collapsed. God knows. Yeah, know. all sorts. <laughs> So there you go. But it's good that you're still well. And um, yeah, let's let's end the small talk there, shall we? <laughs> let's crack on with the old friends chat and meet today's friend, shall we? Yes. <laughs> I thought you were about to introduce her. Yes, of course. No, lovely, lo- lovely little pause, though. Uh, uh, pause of excited anticipation for today's guest, presenter Emily Sanford. Hi, Emily Sanford. Hello. I'm so excited to be on this. Are you? Yeah, really excited. It feels so nice to be reunited with my boys. Ah, oh, it's nice. Oh, it's sort of half sweet. reunited. I'm here and Pete's in, in Leeds. So you sort of. Yeah. yeah. I would like to point out that I had already spoken to Emily before that awkward introduction. I wasn't just being really rude. Like, we had spoken before we started <laughs> yes. recording. Don't give away the secrets of the trade. <laughs> Sorry. Peter. God. You're like the angel in my ear. Thank you. That's kind. <laughs> um, talking of giving away the, the trade secrets, uh, Emily asked me to print off some notes for her on the way in, Pete. And there's, I think, Did she? six pages of notes. So, oh, wow. That's extensive. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's just, I just, I like it when people put in effort and time before I, the podcast. Exactly. I love yeah. you guys. So I'm putting in the effort for you, of course. How many times, Emily, how many times did you watch this episode? Like, did your research mean multiple viewings? Or? Um, I think I watched it about three or four times. Did actually. you? Christ. Over the course of like the month or something, we've been yes. organising this. Well, yeah, this is another, oh God, we've done so many behind the scenes insights here, but we were supposed to record this originally like a month ago. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then we couldn't for some reason then last week and then I lost my voice. So it's been, it's been, Stop! It's like false starts everywhere, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, we but, can do it without your voice. But well, it's very tricky, isn't it? <laughs> very tricky on the old audio-only form. You might have sounded sexy though. Yeah, like Phoebe and Friends. Yes, that's what I was really going for. But I, I didn't get to the sexy stage. I just got to the whisper stage, which isn't. It's just creepy. Yeah, it's not as sexy, is it? So Emily, uh, talk to me about Friends. Uh, are you a long-time Friends lover? Are you a new Netflix lover? You know, I well, it's always been in my life, but I think I recently watched it from season one to ten 
All over again. All over again Great. about a year ago like, when it first came back on Netflix. Because yeah. um, it first aired, I think, Friends in 1994. So I was two. Oh. Very busy oh watching God. the Teletubbies. Yeah. <laughs> you, may be, you may be the youngest... Um, you may be the youngest friends with friends guest in that case. Really? It's it's definitely you're definitely in the in the realms. Yeah. Mm. Have we had anyone born I... post friends? Oh, that's a great. Uh, oh, I feel like Ellie Rose, one of our yeah, guests in she's series one. Yes. Well. Yeah. She's like younger. Ninth, was younger. Yeah. This is it, Pete. The longer we do this podcast, the more likely it'll be. Well, you know, exactly. when every every year the newspaper reports come out, it goes children born in 2012 and now at university, and you're like, oh, this yeah. is nonsense. <laughs> Pass me the Ole. Absolute nonsense. It's crazy. Um, so yeah, so so yeah, you were so you weren't, I imagine, watching it uh, in '94. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I remember um, vividly when I was younger that my Friday nights would kind of look a little bit like this. It would be Neighbours at five thirty. Yeah. We're talking like Holly Valance and Toadie kind of. Yeah, five thirty-five. I think technically. Oh, okay, five thirty-five. <laughs> and then um, it went The Simpsons at yep. six on BBC Two back in the day. Okay, but this was Channel 4. Oh, was it Channel 4? This now, was right. Channel 4 okay. at the time. And then it was Malcolm in the Middle afterwards uh, at 6.30. 6 yeah. And then um, Top of the Pops at 7. And then it was Friends at 8. Uh, so, you know, if I'd <laughs> not had enough of the TV, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd definitely sit down and watch Friends. A lovely TV. Are you sure it was Channel 4, Friends, back in the day? Because Malcolm in the Middle was BBC 2 after... The Simpsons. After oh, maybe actually. The Simpsons on BBC. Emily could have channel hopped between programs. Potentially. Yeah, potentially. Hard to tell. Anyway, there you go. Uh, yeah, it, it is definitely plausible. You are correct, <laughs> Pete, that she might have watched more than one channel. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I can't be bothered to get the remote. Oh. So, do you remember when you like which series of Friends you started? What was like your first earliest memory of it? I feel like the episode that I remember most vividly is the one when they're in Barbados. Okay, so late. <laughs> late. Really late, late yeah. Um, and that's because I always remember being like, damn, Monica, your hair looks so, yeah. so frizzy. Um, but yeah, that's why I remember it. It was it just was a like funny episode. the end episode. of season nine, that one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So yeah, right towards the tail end, which probably explains the episode you've chosen yes. for the podcast today because it's, it's a, a latey. It is a latey. I uh, mean, lots of good ones were chosen, but... That's true. I watched this one and I was like, it is so funny. And you know what? It's a, a, an episode we've referenced a number of times, Pete, in the past, hasn't it? But we've never actually covered it. So um, tell us why you chose it and then tell us what it is. Okay, so I've chosen this episode just because there's a few things going on in the plot. Um, and each character just just has like the best lines Throughout this, okay. I personally think anyway. So you've got the subplot with um, Chandler and Mor- Monica, and then you've also got Phoebe and Joey, and then you've got Ross and Rachel. It's so like it's the like... classic pairings, yes. isn't it, as well? Yes. Yeah. Like really old school pairings. Exactly. So, is it? so the episode I'm going for today is the one where Joey speaks French. Good. En français. En français. Tout de la more. <laughs> uh, series 10, episode 13. Here's the synopsis for synopsis fans. <laughs> Uh, Phoebe tries to teach Joey how to speak French for a play. Meanwhile, Rachel's dad has a heart attack, so she goes to Long Island, accompanied by Ross, to visit him, which leads Rachel to want sympathy sex with Ross, but he turns her down since he thinks it's not a good idea. And Erica, the birth mother, comes for a visit. The birth mother of Chandler and Monica's adopted child comes for a visit and reveals that the father of her baby may be a shovel killer, <laughs> which is not the case as the father <laughs> turns out to be another guy she slept with. This is... These synopsis, Pete, I feel, as we do the podcast, they're getting worse and worse. 
Yeah, they're getting sort of um, quite rash, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're very. <laughs> it's tricky. So there, there, there are. Yeah, there are three plots. Like you say, the classic couplings: Chandler and Monica, Ross and Rachel, Phoebe and Joey. Yeah. I feel like we'll, we'll end with Phoebe and Joey. That's the that's the headline plot, mm-hmm. isn't it? So where where should we start? Would you like to talk about uh, Chandler and Monica and Shovely Joe, or uh, Ross, Rachel, and Doctor Green? Why don't we talk about? Ross, Rachel, and Dr. Green. Yeah, I think okay. we should start with that. That's a good place to start. Apparently, this episode is the last one with Joey in the the title. Oh, the one with the... Mm. Okay. That is, that is a like weird but He doesn't really stat. have much role in the last series, does he? Like, he doesn't... Uh, what's Joey's character arc in that final series of Friends? That's true. He, well, he doesn't... He's, he's the only one really not sort of tying up a, rela- a romantic relationship, yeah. isn't he? So, I guess... There's not much for them to go on with old Joseph, oh. but this is this is his swan song, really. So we... this is this is an insane Joey storyline. Uh, yes, this is a mad Joey storyline, yeah. which we will definitely come on to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but let's start with Ross and Rachel and and Doctor Green. So this 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 starts weirdly, right? Because this starts because Rachel's late to meet Ross, and Ross is a dick to her. <laughs> When yeah. she comes in, like, especially as we know what's going to happen. But she walks into the apartment and Ross is like, oh, my God, what could have possibly happened? Like, you lost an earring. You know, like, really, like, stereotypical. Very disproportionate yeah, response, Yeah. <laughs> and then Rachel's like, no, my dad's had a heart attack. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. It's like, yeah, don't don't jump to conclusions. You. <laughs> and then well, he- she is, she's visibly upset as well. <laughs> right. So it, it is. It should be clear that something's wrong. Yeah. And then he uses it as an excuse to get free cookies. <laughs> yeah. So Monica's which, baking cookies for Erica, which yeah. ties into the other plot. But yeah, and she's already said, no, you can't have one. And then Ross is like, well, I bet you could use a cookie. And he's like, ha Yeah. Got past that system. Thank God for Dr. Green's heart attack. Um, so yeah, so we're off to Long Island, aren't we? Yeah, we go to Long Island. And obviously Ross is scared of Dr. Green, isn't mm. he? Which is quite Who, funny. He is quite scary. He is very stern, isn't he? Yeah. This I is his wa- last um, appearance as well in All of Friends. Oh, yeah. No more Dr. Rob Green. Liebman. Is that his name? Yes. Is that Rob his name? Liebman? Rob Liebman? Ron Liebman. Ron. Was he known for anything? Apologies. Uh, oh, I personally friends. don't recognise him for anything, but was he in anything else? Was he known at the time? Or is he just known for being Rachel's dad? Probably. Uh, Ron Liebman won the Tony Award for okay. Best Did Actor he? in a Play. Well done, a Ron. Drama Desk Award. He's a, yes, yeah. He was it. Oh, for in Angels in he was in the original. He was in Angels in America, the play. Okay. Which was a big old uh, play. Big old a big old deal back in <laughs> the day, wasn't play. it? In nineteen ninety-three, play a big old play. Uh, yeah, Friends is definitely high up there on his sort of uh, recognition list. Yes. Um, but yeah, so yeah, last appearance of him, presumably because he just died, because <laughs> he's not in good health, old uh, old Doctor Green. Quite. Um, but do you think that's like an, a thing anyway, where um, guys are scared of their their girlfriend's d- dads? It, are you scared of your girlfriend's dad? No, no, absolutely not. No, I don't, I don't tend to be scared by parents in general. That's a very good trait. Yeah, he's a particularly intimidating dad, though. He's just very stern, very angry, and looks like he has extremely high blood pressure because he's just <laughs> always very tense and, you know, Yeah. Mm. He, he, like, he goes out of his way to make Ross uncomfortable and not like him, doesn't he? Yeah, basically. Yes. Um, so yeah, so Ross is scared to go in, but then he goes in once the nurse is like, He's under sedation. <laughs> he's he, like, okay. He definitely won't wake up. Because <laughs> he's pretending he had that scratchy throat. Right. I remember the first time I watched this, I didn't really know what a catheter was. 
So <laughs> you didn't Google Capita, did you? No, no. I mean, not this time, but <laughs> when I, you know, when I was first watching it, yeah. like 10, 15 years ago, whenever it was, fifteen years, bloody hell. Um, because yeah, so Ross puts his feet on the bed, doesn't he, and yeah. wakes Doctor Green up, not because of the noise. And he said, "No, you tugged on my catheter." And at the time, I was like, "Oh, funny joke, I don't understand." But now I was just like, "That is painful as shit." Ouch. Yeah. Ouchy, Ross says. But oh my god, it's like one of those ones where you just go, "Ah!" I've never. I mean, I've never experienced a catheter personally. They look gross. <laughs> I just want to. <laughs> they aren't cute. <laughs> No, to I look just... at when you go and visit someone in hospital. Oh, really? Have you seen, yeah. have you seen, have you seen a lot of catheters in your time? Well, you know, if you've gone into hospital, and I'm not going into any like fancy private hospital, there's always people sitting in the bed next to you, and you kind of like look to the left, and then oh, occasionally yeah. it hangs oh. off the bed. Ugh. Oh, does it? Yeah. Is it like clear as well? Yeah, it's a clear bag. Oh. Like, oh yeah. You can see it all. Mm. No one wants that. Any uh, <laughs> any catheter experience, Pete? <laughs> um, no, I I don't think so which i'm quite glad about because they don't sound very pleasant but they do sound functional and serve a medical purpose so good for them (laughs) (laughs) we approve of medical science here on this podcast yay um so yeah so they go they then they go back to dr green's house don't they and this is like for me it's quite a weird storyline this right so to sum up rachel tries to kiss ross and she wants to have sex with ross right yeah and ross is like no you're clearly really sad and vulnerable Mm -hmm. which i think is fine yeah, it's fine from him, but from a girl's perspective, sometimes you do want a bit of sympathy. And in situations where you feel emotional, sometimes you want that, you know, a hug. Sexy times. Yeah, but hug. But it's <laughs> I was hug. trying to be PC. <laughs> it's not a PC podcast, don't worry. Okay, sometimes you just want to have sex. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I get, but... She's really mad at him for not having... Like, honestly, and Pete will back me up on this, I don't take Ross's side very often. No, that's very true. Almost never. But I feel like he's in a tough spot here. Well, because he's trying to do what he considers to be the right thing, which in Ross's case, it's, it doesn't do too often. So <laughs> um, it should... Yeah, it, she's... Again, I used the word disproportionate earlier. She seems to be disproportionately icy with him afterwards. Yeah, that's for me the thing. Is like I, I, I would have expected in the morning Rachel to be like, do you know what? Thanks for that. True. That was like, you know. You made the right choice. You made the right choice. I see what you were doing. I know I didn't get to have sex, but, you yeah. know, I'll get over that. But do you think because of their history, mm. she's thinking, oh, you know, took it as a bit of rejection? Maybe, yeah. But, well, do you know what? Here's the thing for me, and I don't know if the two of you agree with me with this. In this episode, even towards the end of this plot where they're like, just so you know, it's never off the table. Mm-hmm. There's no chemistry between Ross and Rachel. Yeah, I know what you mean. I do know what you mean. I just didn't mm-hmm. get um, anything from it. In this episode? In this episode. Like, definitely, I see what was happening earlier in the seasons. But I just, they, they were obviously trying to ramp it up to the, towards this big finale where they eventually get back together. But yeah. I just didn't buy it. They were just like... That's largely like, what it seems to be, like functional in terms of just reminding you that they have a history. Right. But yeah. it doesn't seem like... Well, even the fact that Ross didn't want to sleep with her. And when she does that whole never off the table, really flirty thing and just leaves Ross there, that doesn't feel... Like their relationship was never really like that. Their friendship was never really like that. So it, it feels like it was off the table quite some time ago yeah do you know what I mean yeah there um, was quite a lot of that ownership sort of energy yes you know when she hugs him a little bit and it's like oh mm, you know give me a little bit of sympathy here and mm. there but it doesn't maybe seem like they're actually that together no it just do you know what that didn't feel like a sexy moment and I thought <laughs> that when she was like it's never off the table 
You want to feel like that's like a sexy vibes moment, don't you? Yeah. Just didn't do it for me, Pete. No. Nothing. He should have reacted a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. A bit more from a bit more from old Ross, Dr. Ross Geller. He uses the word doctor a lot in this episode, doesn't he? Yes. yes. And Rachel has that brilliant line of she tells him off for saying that he's a doctor in the hospital because she said that actually means something. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It is like that it's a it's a really good line, but it feels so crowbarred when do, when Ross is like, and I'm Dr. Ross Geller. It's like <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure even Ross would be like that, would he? Maybe. Awful, awful. You don't get to someone else's dad's hospital. I mean, you wouldn't even introduce yourself, would you? Well, not if you're an actual doctor. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. doctor, doctor. But if I, I don't think you'd to- even bother. Th- you wouldn't even bother saying your name if you weren't like a direct relative. Would yeah, you? Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like it's not like someone's taking a register. It's just like yeah. you're here. Oh, you're his daughter. Cool. Who's this? I presume they may just presume either a sibling or a partner. Fine. They're not going to be like, uh, can we just check this man and his academic credentials, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's some, but there's some great moments in this, and there's that moment in the hospital when they're having the argument the next day, and Ross eventually shouts, "I'm never having sex with you again." As her father emerges from the bedroom, <laughs> which is just a nice, like David Schwimmer's reaction to that is great, isn't it? Where he pauses, he knows he's behind him, and he just turns around and goes, "Doctor Green, are you feeling better?" <laughs> the comic timing is yeah. everything. It's really nice, but yeah, it's just for me, it was a morally confusing plotline here because it felt mm-hmm. like the writers were really hammering home that Ross should have had sex with Rachel when she was feeling sad. He should have. It had been four months. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it had been four months. <laughs> Idiot. They they reference it quite a lot in Friends, like sex gaps, don't they? Yes, like, they do. Yeah, <laughs> in fact, Ross does it multiple times, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, he does. It's a lot of Ross, sometimes Chandler. But it's quite yeah. a lot of times they're like, oh, I haven't had sex for. And a lot, some of the time, for single people, it's not that long. Really not that long. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, we all know people, you know, it's, it's like one of those things where you're like asking for a friend. Uh, we, we all know friends that have gone way longer than four months without sex, is all I'm saying. True. And yet are still able to sort of implement some self-restraint I imagine yeah exactly exactly Ross is there it's a bit too much of like self-heroism there wasn't it yeah from old Rostoffer. Um but yeah I mean that's that's that all all sewn up and then they they take sex off the table and then in a slightly weird scene <laughs> later they put it back on the table and again just to set up this sort of finale what in <laughs> another 12 episodes when, when they get back together when the, when the series ends um, but yeah, it was. It was. I just know it felt kind of odd. This whole storyline for me. That's all. That's all I'll say. That little. One, I just think for some of the lines that were in it and the comic timing. Yeah. That mini plot was amazing. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. Favorite lines. <laughs> My favorite line is at the beginning when um, when Ross is like, "Oh, was it a hair appointment? Was it a mani pedi? Oh, was it a sale at Barney's?" Yeah. And then she's like, "My father had a heart attack at Barney's." <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Chris England, and I'm here to tell you about the Fun Factory podcast, available now on Great Big Owl. Each time, I will be reading a couple of chapters of my novel, The Fun Factory, a historical comedy about the history of comedy, so it will kind of be like a free audiobook, which you can listen to at the gym, or jogging, or at your desk while pretending to do your job, or on the train, without the embarrassment of people seeing you actually reading a book like some kind of swat. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Should we move on to um, Chandler and Monica and Erica then? Yes. Yes. So, how do we feel about Erica, please? I like Erica. I think, in general, I like. She's a bit of a nothing character, isn't she? Yeah. But in general, I do. I don't mind her by any stretch. Why? Do you have particularly strong feelings, Pete? No, I think. I think she's. She seems very much um, female Joey, doesn't she? And that is actually referenced because someone says there's one line, isn't there, where Chandler? I think it's Chandler says, "Oh, it's a shame you didn't hang out with her more." Um, yes. Because he says something that about sounds... the, the name of the baby, wasn't it? That's it. Yes, they say that the baby's name is Erica, and he says, "Oh, that's that pregnant girl's the, name." The was pregnant Erica. girl's yeah. name, yeah. yeah. So, um, no, I I think that like her the humour that they created in her is very, very much along the lines of Joey, isn't it? Yeah, and I, but I feel like Anna Faris is the same in every <laughs> film or TV, or TV show, show she's, she's in. in. Yeah, that's so true, isn't it? I do her like. Voice is kind of like. That? In all her delivery, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's drawn out airy, and, like, isn't it? yeah. yeah. He's very oh, my airy. God. What? You know, that kind of Yeah, thing. that's so true, isn't it? Anna Faris must have been... I can't... It's hard to do chronology now, isn't it, of, like, how famous someone was when they were in this. But I'm presuming this must have been, like, quite near the start of her getting famous, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, but, yeah, to some... I like I like Erica. Not, not against her. I think she's all right. She was scary movie, wasn't she? That's what was her... Thing. Yes, and um, Just Friends as well, with Ryan Reynolds. Yes, I'm just uh, looking now at where Scary Movie kicked in. Yeah, so she was in Scary Movie in 2000. Okay, so this, um, is, this is four so she years was, later. She, yeah, she was comfortably a thing by this point. Comfortably a thing. <laughs> well <laughs> she, yeah, done, Yeah, she'd actually been in, she'd been in a couple of Scary Movies by that point. And she'd also just filmed a small part in Brokeback Mountain. Is she in Brokeback Mountain? Uh, she plays the horse in Brokeback Man. The horse? She plays the horse? No, really. <laughs> <laughs> we both took you at complete base value there. Just to confirm, she does not play a horse. Um, oh. She plays LaShawn Malone. I could not. Who's LaShawn Malone? <laughs> is it the tent? The and the, her husband in it is David Harbour from Stranger Things. In Brokeback Mountain? Yeah, apparently. That doesn't feel like an age gap that rings true does it hey i mean marry marry who you want guys you know yeah. what is age but david sure. Har- david harbour we've is... really sidetracked here and yeah you know, on the wikipedia page for brokeback mountain so i don't remember much of brokeback mountain at all like, i've never actually seen the film i've definitely seen it but i couldn't really tell you what the plot of it was 
apart from the obvious sort of gay cowboys in it. Yeah, gay cowboys. But that's kind of it, and I, I couldn't tell you any more detail really. Did I'm surprised by back? how many people I know from the casting. Actually, there's a lot of people I didn't realise were in it. There you Who go. Else? Well, obviously Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal. Sure, sure. Uh, Michelle Williams, Anne Hathaway. Um, Linda Cardellini, who is in Dead to Me on Netflix with Christina Applegate, but also played Velma in the live-action Scooby-Doo films. Um, <laughs> that uh, sounded like Scooby. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't Anna do it. Faris, David Harbour, and Kate Mara off of um, yeah. House of Cards as well. Yeah, that is, that is, a, that is an all-star cast. Mm. Anyway, back to, to Friends. Martin. Back to Friends. So Eric is in town. She wants to see New York City. Yeah. She's just come along. And then this whole plot basically just hinges on this, initially, this thing that Chandler hates New York and hates tourist attractions and doesn't want to go. And then suddenly he becomes the biggest fan of, of New York in the history of the world. And he's got his I Love New York t-shirt, Statue of Liberty hat. Yes. When I went to New York with my friend Jean, she insisted on buying a Statue of Liberty hat. <laughs> I do it. think it definitely rings true that if you live in a big city, well, obviously you're in London right now, I've lived in London before, you do absolutely take the sort of tourist appeal of London for granted and if anything you almost hold it against the city as well don't you because oh Taurus so it is it does ring true how Chandler sees New York definitely I've never been inside the Tower of London never no. once yeah. why would I want to see a raven <laughs> <laughs> a very solid life attitude that Emily well um, you know it's a bit of a waste of money isn't it yeah but you're right like I didn't go on the London Eye for years and then when it's mainly when your friends come to visit and they're like can we go here? And you're like, oh, God, if we must. And then you go and you go, oh, no, this is actually great. We're having a really nice time. Mm. Um, but then we, it turns into this sort of kind of, again, slightly weird plot where they're trying to figure out who the father of the baby is. I love this bit. Though. This is funny. It's great. It's funny, except it's based purely on a flawed premise, <laughs> which is that it doesn't carry. Do you know what I mean, like the genes aren't going to carry that strongly. It doesn't mean your baby is suddenly a murderer. Because his <laughs> biological father killed his father with yeah, a crime <laughs> runs in the family. Yeah, it's like, it's but like, you'd have that thought though. Yeah, I mean, would you? Would you be that worried? Genuinely. So, so Erica thinks. Erica's like, oh yeah, the father's probably my high school sweetheart boyfriend. Went to college and is like really you know, cute. Zac Efron, basically. You know, that's that's how we're all picturing it. You know, just like yeah. the cool kid at high school. <laughs> and then, um, and then she's like, oh, it could be this other dude. Who I basically had sex with once and then went to prison for killing his father with a shovel. Shovely Joe. I love I love the phrase <laughs> shovely Joe so much. It's my real takeaway from this episode. In this episode, the the plot that we just mentioned with Ross and Rachel, and also this with the uh, parenthood and the pregnancy, mm. there is such a huge difference between this episode and there's some their circumstances and the earlier episodes that we've been watching recently, Dave, for this podcast, like. Yep. They are discussing parenthood. Um, Rachel's storyline is about parent mortality. Yeah. Like, there is some really adult, grown-up, sort of late 20s, 30s stuff in this episode, whereas all the the sort of trivial side of dating and everything, we've left that a long, long time ago, haven't we? Yeah, it's so true. Because, yeah, this is interesting, because the last week's episode, which we literally watched yesterday, is, is series two. And all that really was was people dating wasn't it like oh yeah dating woes woe is me Chandler's put on a bit of weight and girls don't fancy him anymore and now yeah you, there's really like adult themes coming into all this sort of stuff now which is I I, presu- I guess you wouldn't have 
noticed really as they slowly progressed through it but looking back on it now and dipping into different bits of it it becomes more and more apparent doesn't it but i yeah. guess that's probably one of the secrets of its sort of longevity because you couldn't do 10 series of just like chandler feeling fat could you no exactly um so yeah so so they suddenly become really worried don't they chandler and monica yeah chandler's literally can't get to sleep at night there's that scene it cuts when they're in bed and monica's like well it might be the college guy yeah, yeah. and he's like Monica, it's us. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be the shovel, the shovel killer. <laughs> shovel killer. <laughs> I bet he loves his mommy. <laughs> yeah, that's a really nice bit. Yeah, he's a, he's a father killer. I bet he's got mum tattooed on his shovel-wielding arm. Yes. Um, scenes of Monica and Chandler lying in bed. and There's a few of them over the series. Mm. They're always mad weird because they always look like they're fully clothed, like <laughs> in sort of regular day-to-day gear. Like, Do you know what I mean? I know they're on-screen pyjamas or whatever, but it, it just looks like like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when the grandparents are in bed. Do you know what I mean? That sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, At least they're not head to toe. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> but it doesn't really scream like close, intimate relationship, does it? Their, their bedroom no. scenes. No. And they're sort of gazing up at the ceiling as well, aren't they? Yes, there's a lot of gazing, a yeah. lot of their... You know, it's the same with the, the episode with the joke as well, where they're just lying in bed, staring up at the ceiling in full yeah. gear. Well, it's always the case, isn't it? When and they don't close their curtains because no. when the lights off, that moon is beaming in. <laughs> yeah, it's very odd, isn't it? Um, but then um, again, talking of sort of quite uh, grown-up themes for a mainstream primetime sitcom, this turns into sort of a storyline about anal quite quickly, doesn't it? <laughs> Yes, it does. Yes. Like, that is, that's the punchline, isn't it? That Didn't want to they, say it. That yeah. she can't be pregnant with his children because that's that's what they did. So they dance around it. Obviously, they never actually say the words, but <laughs> it's really, Chandler comes it's in. It's that line from Chandler, isn't it? It's that line of... Um, is it the thing, it the thing we rarely we only, do? Yeah, that. So it's the thing we almost never do or the thing we absolutely never do or something like that. We hardly do. Or the oh, thing yeah, we yeah, that's right. never do. The, the thing, thing we never do. The thing we hardly ever do or the thing we never do. And then Chana gets newfound respect for Shovely Joe after discovering that that's the form of sex they had. Because yeah, he's it's, like, that's it's, when the Shovely Joe line happens, isn't it? It's a bit laddie, isn't it? That's a bit yeah. like classic still. I know it's 2004 now, but that's a bit that's, you know, it all felt a bit like 90s lads mags, wee, anal. So hang on, but can we just concentrate for a moment on the thing we hardly ever do or the thing we never do, right? <laughs> Both of which are things that you cannot get pregnant from, right? So mm. we're talking BJ's and anal, right? Yeah. But uh, is that what we're talking about? I, I, I was just about to say, like the thing they hardly ever do, right? If <laughs> yeah, correct. Um, why this is my this is what I'm getting to as why well. Why do they hardly ever do that? Like, yeah. that's, that's all right, isn't it? It's it really screams vanilla sex life, doesn't it? Really hope like, this isn't the first episode of this podcast that my mum or dad <laughs> choose to listen to. Well, this is the only episode I'm on, so... <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> hey, mum and dad. <laughs> um, yeah, we're sorry. I didn't choose it for this reason. No, but, but we're here. I and might we'll, have. We are. <laughs> Why don't we re-edit and we can say cuddling or... Uh, spooning. Spooning. Um, no, but no, but you're absolutely right, Pete. This is this is exactly what I wrote down in my notes. I was like, they're talking about like oral sex as if that is completely taboo. Yeah, like almost yeah, taboo. Yeah, exactly. And then anal sex as if that's like I'm gonna go straight to hell because I live in the 1800s and you know I believe God will smite me down. It's yes. it's it's really 
weird the way they talk about sex like that because friends is quite sexually liberal in general exactly like, yeah, they, talk they talk about, about sex about and porn and lots of different things all the time and three and they and never this, that, and the other. there's never any shame in it or anything yeah no and it doesn't feel like there's really shame in this but they are basically just saying you know I mean, it kind of goes back to what i was saying about Chandler and monica lying in bed in full clothes <laughs> it's like it's a real insight into their sort of marital life isn't mm, just it dry humping <laughs> <laughs> All they ever do. No wonder they can't have a baby. Yeah. Jesus. They've never even tried it. Anyway, should yeah. we go from oral to <laughs> French oral <laughs> speaking? Oh, very good. Oh, very good. Lovely little link there. Um, yes, Joey speaking French. The uh, the title plot of this episode. Just like the. <laughs> I I understand that it's for comedy, but. Joey doesn't understand it, but his it like I can remember being like irritated by watching this because I I share Phoebe's frustration with it because he hears it and he says an entirely different thing. There no syllable is the same. He's not even close. Like the the I know it's the joke, but it winds me up. <laughs> I know what you mean because it's not like he's just bad at French. It's like he his brain cannot discern between sounds. His inability to speak French goes so far beyond Joey's usual stupidity. It is insane. <laughs> well we've talked about this haven't we and like very early when we were doing this podcast we we basically said this is the nadir of Joey Tribbiani's intelligence. Like, yes. in the first two or three seasons, he's cracking some quite clever, if quite often, like, smarmy or laddie jokes. But yeah. quite often, they're quick and snappy, and he's like, you're like, guff, and he joked, Joey. And to get from that over the course of seven or eight years to this point now where he just cannot emulate sounds his ear is hearing with his mouth at mad. all. It's like, it's, it's pre-toddler intelligence, isn't yeah. it? And Never- seconds after Phoebe says it as well, yeah. it... it- disappears out of his brain and something else appears it's yeah. insane and that's why i feel like as well so when they're sitting in the um on the sofa and phoebe's going to teach him french for the first time yeah and she's like okay let's start with something really easy je m'appelle claude yeah and what's he's like yeah je de coupe yeah <laughs> it's just je de plume Blue, whatever he's saying. And it's just like, je m'appelle. Yeah. <laughs> Get I mean, to know it. Everybody learns that phrase in primary school, don't they? Yeah. Je and cha. I remember how to say I've got a cat. They teach you the most pointless things, basically, yeah. when you're at school in French. I think I know, je voudrais un saucisson. That means I want oh, a sausage. I would like a sausage. Which is going to take me to the butcher or the strip club. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, we've already discussed the fact your parents might be listening to this podcast. Well, do you know what? We've said all PC. the bad things. We may as well keep it on this theme. <laughs> I do um, share rebel. Phoebe's frustration. There's this when it's absolutely driving her insane and she ends up basically screaming at Joey, like, you're not speaking French, doesn't she? And yes. then there's one line that she says, Joey says something about how he's convinced that he's managing to speak French and she basically screams, how could you possibly think that? And that's the point, like, that's the point at which Phoebe says exactly what's been winding me up throughout the whole part of that plot. Right, yeah. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? And and, and they sort of address the fact, so she does the breaks it down syllable by syllable and, you know, he gets all those right because yeah. it would be literally impossible for a human not to just be like, bleh, 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 you know, and then, mm-hmm. but as soon as it's like three or four syllables in a row, he reverts. My problem with it goes even further than that is that he starts, it's not that he's just bad at the French that Phoebe's teaching him. He starts trying to 
speak French that he's never learned. Yes. So, like, when Erica comes, he goes, like, welcome to New York City, or should I say, de la bluff, New York City, or something. And it's like, <laughs> where are you getting this from? Well, you know, when Phoebe storms out, and he goes, blah, 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 and he's just shouting after her. And it's like, this isn't French you've even pretended to learn. You're just literally making up sounds now. It's completely made up. You know, sometimes when you're walking in the street and you see someone, like, oh, trying to sell you a paintballing experience <laughs> or something. Right. Have you ever done that when you're younger and you just... You're with your friend and you want to kind of distract them. You don't want them to come up to you, so you just make up a language. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, so hang on. don't approach you. Let's let's try and work this out because I know lots of people will be hearing this and thinking, but that's the joke that Joey doesn't yeah. understand it. So why why is it irritating rather than well, perhaps I'm speaking for myself here. Like why is it irritating rather than funny? Do you see what I mean? I think they haven't tried hard enough to find a way that Joey is bad at French. Yeah. Perhaps Do you know what that's I mean? It. I feel yeah. like there could have been a, a better way where you go, Oh, I see the mistake he's making there and it's funny that he doesn't get it. Yeah. But it's just the basic premise of he cannot hear a basic sound. Yeah. And then immediately repeat it. I feel like him attempting to speak French, and then if you had subtitles of what he was accidentally saying, that would be funnier than him just speaking nonsense. Do you know what I mean? Right. So he's just speaking wrong French that makes yeah, sense and I makes feel like funny that, sentences. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Words with but an accent. <laughs> I yeah. love the fact that I've just attempted to tell the writers of Friends how to do things. Funny. Look, this is this is where we get to on this podcast, Pete. We yeah. pick apart the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, yes. I mean, ultimately, it is funny, and there are ultimately takeaway lines from this. Like, I say, toot to la fruit all the time. <laughs> toot to la s'more. Uh, uh, toot to la s'more, and all of that sort of stuff. And the, there's definitely takeaway quotable lines. But yeah, I think, I think I'm on the same page as you, and it feels like they didn't quite, they didn't quite nail how Joey was bad at French, you know? Sure, yeah. When I first watched the episode, I just thought, I thought it was really funny. Yeah. But then when you watch it for the third or the fourth or the fifth time, like I've had to do. Yep. Sorry about that. Um, so uh, this, like the, the plot line gets even weirder then as we go on because she he ends up going to this audition, obviously not speaking French. The other actor in that scene is like, what's going on? Is this like a joke? You know, the, the director's <laughs> like, happening? you know, you, what, you're not speaking French. Let's call it. And then Phoebe. Now, why is Phoebe there? <laughs> she just How she up, got in? She, yeah. <laughs> she knew that he would mess it up. Right. So she's gone to save his back, basically. No, I agree. But how she just got in? You don't just wander into closed auditions, do you? Who knows? <laughs> she just sat in the theatre like it's like a spectator in the Parliament Gallery. <laughs> um, and she gets up and she firstly tries to be like, oh, he's speaking a very specific regional dialect of French. And then when that doesn't work, oh, shock horror, when that doesn't work, she says... This is my brother. He's retarded. Yes. Which, like, now in 2019 just feels... Like, that was such a big, like, friend's alarm. Yeah, bell. I think in all the the reruns they've done on this on TV, they've cut that out. <laughs> so they've got rid of the transcribe yes, of that. Yes, I read that. That's really interesting, isn't it? So they've just completely got rid of the words retarded. Like, he is a little bit retarded. And then... So what does it say? It just says, he's my little brother. I think that's just it. He's my little brother. <laughs> But it just gives no context yeah. as to why he is sounding like Pingu. Yeah. <laughs> it's really odd, isn't it? So she tells the director, oh, he's a, bit, he's a little bit retarded. Please just, like, humour him. 
And there's that little knowing nod from Joey, isn't there? Of yes, that's right. Whatever she's saying is right. This sort yes. of is well, that's accepting. on the retarded line as well. Yeah, she goes. He's in poor retarded or whatever, and Joey like smiles and nods. So I'd be interesting to see this weird like edit where they've got rid of the very un PC bit, but oh, then the whole thing just falls apart, doesn't it? Because it's like, why is why is this happening then? <laughs> he's just he's just my slightly younger brother, but he's still a grown man. <laughs> exactly. And then <laughs> and then the director turns around. And obviously he's playing the game. Yeah. And goes, good job, little buddy. <laughs> and then Joey, a grown, supposedly fully functioning human, just goes, ah, oh, well, shame, I didn't get the audition. Like, he takes it Yeah, he it gets like, over it very quickly, doesn't he? Yeah. And with absolutely no regard as to how this might affect his future career. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because, like, really. He, oh, he gets rejected so much, though. So obviously I think he's just... <laughs> Yeah, well, happy no. to have some sort of feedback. But yeah. he takes that like patronizing explanation very well, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Like any of us would have been like, what's going on here? This guy's treating <laughs> me like a, a toddler. But that's obviously the joke, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He and needs then, to play on that more. <laughs> but then from Phoebe's point of view, she's just basically told like this Broadway director, uh, Joey Tribbiani is a bit retarded. And surely that's just going to get marked down on his file forever. <laughs> like <laughs> this is going to affect his career like really detrimentally. <laughs> Good luck getting into Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for many reasons. <laughs> and then this whole plot line, the, the, my favourite bit is the is the end scene where they start crossing off all the other things from his resume yeah. that he's yeah. lied about. And then it comes down to the the glass of the, what is it, gallon of milk? Yes, Which, gallon of milk. Which, by the way, it takes him far longer than he claims it takes him to actually, like that seat. You know, she times him and he says something like 10 seconds, doesn't he? Yeah. 10 yeah. seconds to down this... It feels like it goes on for about 30. It takes about 28 seconds or something ludicrous <laughs> like that. A, but here, I mean, let's dial back even before that. A, why would that even be a skill that you would put on your resume? Yeah, Like a party trick, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, where, for what role will that ever be useful? <laughs> what film is that going to be good for? <laughs> yeah, A Gallon of Milk in 10 Seconds, starring <laughs> Joey Tribbiani. Two, who has a gallon of milk in their fridge? Yes, yes, gallon is a lot, isn't it? It's like he just had it ready milk. to go. Yeah, that's a catering quantity of milk, isn't it? If he wants to make it nowadays, he's going to need some almond milk yeah. or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I mean, when all is said and when all is done, the slapstick of him just pouring milk down his front yeah, for it's great. 30 it seconds good. is really funny. <laughs> and it goes on for far too long, like you say. It goes on so long that it stops being funny and then starts being funny again. It's, like a, it's good. <laughs> Big up the ending of this episode. That's what I would say. It's great. Should we do the quiz? Yes, let's do the quiz. Oh, I'm nervous for the quiz. Do you know what? I think you're going to do well with the quiz because you've been thorough in your preparation. Well, and you've already referenced a couple of the things in the quiz. So okay. you're definitely going to get at least one point. I guarantee that. Question one. Where did Ross lie about going on a year-long dig on his resume? Cairo. One out of one. One out of one. Merci. Merci. Um... Question two, where was Rachel when her father had a heart attack? Barney's. Barney's. She was in Barney's. She was in Barney's. And this made me think of you because your best friend's called Barney. I know. He's going to be so happy that you've <laughs> referenced, him. referenced him in this podcast. Yeah. I can see him on the train to work now like, yes. <laughs> well, when I hear the word Barney, I think of Barney. Yes. You don't. You think you, of him? You don't even think of Barney the dinosaur. Absolutely not. That is way after my time anyway. So like, <laughs> that's like part of my... It's just, it's just not. I didn't grow up with Barney the dinosaur, so he can do one. There was also Barney <laughs> the dog, wasn't there? 
And Barney from The Simpsons. Oh, and Barney Gumble. Yeah, that is a good Barney, actually. But Isn't I still there think... a Barney in the Flintstones? Yeah, the little one. There's yes. so many Barneys. Right, there's too many Barneys, guys, all right? Okay. We love Barneys. And but... Barney off of CBBC and Blue Peter. Oh, Barney Harwood, yeah. Mm. Very good. Very good. <laughs> well done. Anyway. But I only personally know one Barney. It's your friend Barney. Uh, and therefore, that's what I think when I hear Barney. To sum up. Amazing good. guy. Question three. Okay. Which poster is on Rachel's wall in her teenage bedroom? Okay. She has three posters. Oh, okay. Oh. She has Duran Duran. Yeah. yeah. She has Sean Cassidy. Yeah. And she has the Thompson Twins. The Thompson Very good. Twins. Great knowledge. Uh, I was only after one, really, because the main one that they show quite a lot of is Sean Cassidy, isn't it, in the in the background of that thing? Question four. What does Erica pretend she wants them to name the baby? Oh. Um, so Erica comes back in with Monica after having lunch and they play this little joke yes. on Chandler. I think it's, it's such a blatant joke name that... Again, not as funny as it could be. Because if it was a slightly, vaguely more realistic bad name, Mm. it would have been less obvious that she was joking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It sounds like the cricket in Pinocchio, doesn't it? It's like Jiminy, Jiminy Billy Bob. That's very good, yeah. I like the thought process there. Jiminy Billy Bob. Yeah, cricket and Thornton. Jiminy Cricket, Billy Bob Thornton. (laughs) Jiminy Billy Bob, four out of four, mate. This is the last one. Okay. What three things does Phoebe cross off Joey's resume? Tap dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Horseback riding. Correct. Wow. And archery. (gasps) Is that right? It is. Yay! Do you know what? I I listened to Will Manning's episodes because he's a friend of mine. Yeah. And I felt sorry for him. That travesty. <laughs> he was getting half points. Yeah, poor old Will. Oh, Will, sorry. Poor old Will. Love him. Will had the travesty with the episode choice as well, didn't he? Yes. When he chose probably the worst episode of Friends of all time. <laughs> uh, but never mind. We forgive him and we love you, Will. Um, five out of five, Emily Sanford. Congratulations. Merci. Uh, joint top of the leaderboard we've never, ever kept track of and never will. But you will know it forever. Oh, tout you- small. <laughs> The leaderboard used to be a note in my phone. Um, when I say used to be, I mean for about three weeks. And I think we've done about like 30 episodes. So yeah, we yeah. have we have no idea who's done well. Well, I wrote it on my hand for the first three weeks. Yes, that's right. You did, didn't you? Yeah. Kept rubbing off every week because I do shower. <laughs> uh, and uh, then it, it became it's good to know. surprisingly a not very efficient <laughs> way of keeping it. <laughs> Keeping track of it. Uh, Emily Sanford, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. The pleasure has been all ours, hasn't it, Peter? It has indeed. Au revoir. It's just about to say that as well. Nerds, absolute nerds. Hello from a hotel room in Manchester, where I'm recording the bit to tell you about next week. Uh, because we haven't actually recorded that episode yet. We record it tomorrow. Fucking too much chronology. Nobody needs all the chronology, Dave. Uh, It will be with uh, the very first ever guest on this podcast, the wonderful actor Helen Monks, off of Upstart Crow and Raised by Wolves and such things. Uh, But alongside her uh, podcast partner, they do a podcast called Bitchin', her and Tilly Steele, another excellent actor, off of things like Victoria and Doctor Who, 
Uh, and they have chosen season one, episode four, the one with George Stephanopoulos. One with George Stephanopoulos, which we referred to on last week's podcast because Pete has literally completely forgotten about it. So, uh, yes, that's your homework. See you next week. Bye now. All the best. Great big owl. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.